From coast to coast, Broome to Batemans Bay, from summit to summit, Mount Tambourine to Mount Wellington, this is the weekly VK1WAA broadcast. And now making himself comfortable at the microphone is Mr. Walk Softly himself, our Anchorman Supreme, Graham Kemp, VK4 Baker Baker. Thanks, Jim. Well, with an intro like that, let's hope we do have some supreme news. And I reckon that this one does take the cake. As we get into WIA National News for week commencing June 13, 2010, what's believed to be the first amateur radio two-way contact on 8.97 kilohertz using truly radiated fields took place Friday, June 4, 2010 between DJ2LF and DF6NM. They were able to successfully conduct a two-way contact on 8.97 kHz, the distance 20.2 km well outside the reactive near-field zone. Both stations used small backyard Marconi antennas, power output around 5 microwatts. As far as they know, this is probably the first two-way amateur QSO on VLF using truly radiated fields. Another dream come true, and you can read it and see some of the screenshots of that contact, which did take well over two hours, when you read the URL on the text edition. Of course, with all URLs and points of contact in this news, they're best found when you read the text edition at wia.org.au. Now, we did contact WIA Director Peter Young on how we VKs may operate on 8 kilohertz. I have checked the ITU allocations table and find there is no allocation for any service below 9 kilohertz, and this is reflected in the Australian Radio Communication Spectrum Plan. Accordingly, any person may apply to the ACMA for a scientific license apparatus license. There is no mechanism to assign an 8.97 kilohertz frequency to an amateur service license here in Australia. Radio Ghost Mystery at former RAF station. World War II Radio continues to pick up vintage broadcasts despite not having any power. What General Vagon has called the Battle of France is over. The Battle of Britain is about to begin. Upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our institutions and our empire. Soul, fury, and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. 70-year-old radio at a Scottish Heritage Centre has been picking up vintage broadcasts featuring Winston Churchill and the music of Glenn Miller. The Pie Valve Wireless at Montrose Air Station, a heritage centre that tells the story of the men and women who served there, has no power and is not connected to any source of electricity. The aerodrome has been a source of paranormal sightings and sounds for almost a century, with reports of ghostly figures, eerie footsteps and door handles turning. But the mysterious wireless broadcasts have had even the most sceptical staff at the station searching for a rational explanation. The vintage radio set is kept in a recreation of a 1940s room. Several people have heard Second World War era broadcasts, including the big band sound of the Glenn Miller Orchestra and speeches by Winston Churchill. The broadcasts come on at random and can last for up to half an hour. Technicians who examined it removed the back but found nothing but cobwebs and spiders. Bob Sutherland, a trustee of the Air Station Heritage Centre and its treasurer, said, I've heard it playing Glenn Miller and recognised the song as At Last. The volume was very low, but the music was quite identifiable. Graham Phillip, another volunteer, has heard what he was sure was Winston Churchill, and others, including centre curator Don Payton and his wife, have heard it too.
I was a wireless operator with the RAF and know a bit about them. We've also had our resident radio expert Ewan Cameron look at it. If we had a powerful transmitter in the area, the radio might pick up something, but we don't. It's an old Pi radio which would probably explode if it was switched on. Mr Phillips said, we've all heard the footsteps and seen door handles turn, but the wireless is something new and unexplainable. This is the WIA National News Centenary Update, and it seems that everyone who attended the WIA Centenary Convention in Canberra two weeks ago now is still talking about the marvellous three-day program. Today we return, this time to the WIA Centenary Dinner, and in particular the speech given by the ACMA chairman, Mr Chris Chapman. Here's an edited version of that important speech. From its fledging origins over 100 years ago were a few inquisitive and talented individuals experimenting with the transmission of wireless signals over a few hundred yards. Now well over 15,000 amateurs are authorised to operate in Australia. An amateur with an advanced licence is authorised to access approximately 23 gigahertz of spectrum across 24 separate spectrum bands. This degree of access probably results from a worldwide, long-standing acceptance that the amateur community may be relied on to not only use the spectrum responsibly, but also to be involved in the development of new ways to use the spectrum. I mentioned a moment ago that there are over 15,000 amateurs in Australia and that this number is steadily increasing is, I suspect, mostly due to the indefatigable efforts of the WIA. Now, triggered by the outcomes of the World Radio Conference 2003 to remove the requirement for Morse code when operating below 30 megahertz, and WIA's support for the establishment of a new entry-level amateur licence, the ACA, one of our predecessors, conducted a complete review of amateur licensing. Over the next four years, the ACA and the ACMA implemented a new amateur certification and licensing arrangement. The success of those new arrangements is a testimony to the significant ongoing contribution of the WIA. The ACMA looks forward to working with the WIA to make amateur radio in Australia all it can be. Finally, it's time for me to QRT. Thank you. Thanks very much, Chris Chapman. And thanks very much, Robert Broomhead, who not only recorded all the material over that weekend, but did an absolutely fantastic job at organising the three-day WIA Centenary Convention. Now, a news release which expands on Chris Chapman's speech, plus an audio recording and text of the full speech, can be found on wia.org.au, and a report will appear in the July edition of Amateur Radio magazine. Across Australia, from VK1WIA... You're tuned to the WIA National News Service in Kempsey on 7146 kHz at 10am. I'm VK2TV Ray Wells and I'm on air at Community Station 2WET, Tank FM 103.1. In news from the WIA office, a test run of laser printing the QSL details on the VK100 WIA QSL cards has been greatly successful. The first batch of cards will be submitted to the QSL Bureau by the end of this month. Now if you're looking for contacts with VK100WIA then check out the online logging on wia.org.au and VK100WIA has notched up another milestone. The Midland Amateur Radio Club in Central Victoria last Monday logged QSO number 2000 with Laurie Davidson VK7ZE in Northern Tasmania. 2,000 calls is great going from the clubs and the WIA. And of course the first QSO kicked off with our own WIA president, VK3KI, Michael Owen. 
This is VK100WIA. VK100WIA is the special event call sign of the Wireless Institute of Australia to celebrate its centenary. VK100WIA is calling CQ. CQ VK100WIA is listening. VK3 TL, this is VK100 WIA. Hi Jeff, and uh, great for the uh, first contact using the call sign. Um, you're 5 and 5 and uh, a reasonably weak signal, but at least uh, quite readable. So VK3 TL, this is VK100 WIA. Good going there, Jeff and Michael. As part of the WIA centenary celebrations and in the spirit of celebrating early radio in Australia, June 16 to 18, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club using VK100 WIA will reenact the historically important reception of the first direct press message sent from the UK to Australia, which was December 1921. GGREC will be operating out of the rooms of the Kuirup Swamp Historical Society, located at 325 Rossiter Road, Kuirup, using the VK100WIA call sign. GGREC has organised a plaque commemorating the experimental station. The Mayor will unveil this plaque Friday afternoon at 3pm, and all amateurs and members of the public are most welcome to go along. President of GGREC, Chris Chapman, yes, another Chris Chapman, is scheduled to be interviewed on Melbourne ABC 774. That's at 6.35 next Tuesday, June 15. From the WIA News Hub in Melbourne and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. Warning, the following report may deeply offend some radio amateurs. The YouTube is a fabulous video sharing facility. There are plenty of good and informative videos about many aspects of amateur radio. But there's one, The Truth About Ham Radio by Bert Fisher, K1OIK, that interestingly gives one man's opinion about what's wrong with our hobby and some within it. He stereotypes hams in a series of overgeneralizations that could have many of his ill-informed viewers believe that we are engaging in meaningless activity, intellectually deficient, elitist and gutless when not behind a microphone. Bert K1OIK obviously does not like contests and contesters. He claims they go nuts abandon their families and even withdraw from important social occasions. He likens packet clusters that list all active DX stations during a contest to a hunter going into a zoo and killing a whole lot of caged animals. The video ends with an industrial style sign that states Danger! Beware of ham radio! Bert Fisher, K1OIK, obviously a great character. He also has other videos, including Ham Radio, A Critical Evaluation, and The Real World of Ham Radio, that make interesting viewing. 
He obviously has enjoyed amateur radio most of his life and shares the hobby with his daughter, Erin, KB1LOQ. I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Thanks, Jim. Now, across VK and Spud VK8, Zucchini with Mustard. We'll do the all-state whip around in just a tick, but really across Australia soon will be Sherbrooke Community Radio Club's VK3 KID in the Aussie Outback, June 19 until July 4, on the air HF, VHF and CB. As part of this trip, they'll be officially visiting three Aboriginal schools and will introduce amateur radio to those schools. As Sherbrooke Community School had the privilege of participating in an RS contact last year, they'll offer their expertise and know-how. But here's the neat bit. Working HF from most campsites, the club will be making a QSL card of each site, and each card will be a one and only QSL card. Any contact which result in them receiving a QSL card with a self-addressed stamped envelope will be replied to with one of these special QSL cards from the campsite. Listen out on 14.18 and 7.08. Generators are not allowed to be used after 1700 local area time, so as long as their batteries last, they'll be on the air. This is Spud VK8ZWM with hams across Australia. From VK2, the St George Amateur Radio Society's meeting in July 2010 will feature a talk by John Third, VK2 BBC, on VHF radio direction finding by technical staff within the aviation industry. The Summerland Amateur Radio Club coming events include 27th of June, a YSN field gear day at the club rooms. The 10th and 11th of July, a horse enduro at Eden Creek, and they need operators for that event. And the 8th of August, Sarkfest at the club rooms, 414 Richmond Hill Road. In VK3 News, the Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club, 17th of July, will conduct their Hamfest sale at the Cranbourne Community Hall, the corner of Clarendon and High Streets, Cranbourne. High Street is part of the South Gippsland Highway. Reservations for stall holders may be made by contacting Chris VK3QB. Doors open at 10am for buyers. In VK6, VK6 has got a top town, literally, as the award-winning Dennis VK6KAD explains. It is a place called Tom Price and it is 747 metres above sea level. Overlooking Tom Price is a mountain called Mount Nameless, and from the top of Mount Nameless you can overlook the town and the Tom Price Pit, which was one of the earliest iron ore mines in the Pilbara. Tom Price was a hotbed of amateur and CB activity in the 70s and the early 80s. Sadly, it faded away, but now it is back, and now there are plans to establish a two-metre repeater on the top of Mount Nameless. It will have an antenna 1,100 metres above sea level and will identify as VK6RTP. It should be around 146.625 if the licence is accepted. There are plans to link it via IRLP and possibly Echolink. Once established, it will be the highest repeater in VK6 and it will be almost impossible to build one at a higher elevation. Known advocates of this repeater... Uh, VK6NDT Jono, VK6HV Steve, VK6BHY Mike and VK6FLAM Craig. In VK7 News, the latest meeting of the CCARC held an antenna construction session with the main project being a 2 metre N-fed dipole suitable for portable or base use. These simple, low-budget antennas were constructed under the guidance of David, VK7DC. Once the antennas were constructed, tuning was quickly and easily done outside the room thanks to Bill, VK7MX, with his antenna analyzer. 
For those that missed out, basic construction details can be found on the project page of the club website. The next meeting will be on the 27th of June and will feature Vernon VK7VF giving a talk on using the HP8924 RF test set and afterwards the RF Tools software package. And in VK8 news, broadbanding the top end, laying fibre optic cable through Arnhem Land. A remote Australian telecommunications project won the Global Telecoms Business Innovation Awards in London this week. Telstra and its partners are celebrating after winning a second international award for the Arnhem Land Fibre Project. A $34 million joint venture between Telstra, the Northern Territory Government and Rio Tinto Alcan and achieved with valuable support from the Northern Land Council. The winning project has seen the laying of over 800 kilometres of fibre optic backbone through tropical savanna terrain from Jabiru to Nullanboy. Further works in progress mean a number of island communities also have broadband access. Life-changing technology associated with high-speed broadband is now being used to deliver services across this region of Australia, significantly improving access to education, health, justice and business services and contributes to regional growth. In Darwin Club news, the exams team are hard at it at the moment with up to 30 candidates for foundation licences being trained and examined. Throw in a couple of standard licence exams and you can see why. The next meeting of the Darwin Abbott Radio Club is at Sports House Waratah Crescent Fanny Bay at 7pm on the 7th of July. And of course the club rooms are open Thursdays between 10am and noon for the weekly cuppa morning. Relays of this broadcast are on the following frequencies from the Darwin Club Rooms at 9am Central Standard Time Sundays. That's on repeat of VHF 146.9 and on HF on 3.555 MHz, 7.193 MHz 10.137 MHz and 14.337 MHz. This has been Spud for the VK1 WIA with news around Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, and from your friends here in the United States at the Amateur Radio Newsline, we say a hearty congratulations to the Wireless Institute of Australia on its 100th anniversary. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Abandoned distress beacon triggers search. An old distress beacon dumped in NZ's Bay of Plenty rubbish tip wasted time and resources, police say. Taranga Search and Rescue were called out after aircraft flying into Taranga and Rotorua, New Zealand, reported receiving a signal from an emergency beacon within the Greater Taranga area. It was assumed the beacon was an old 121 MHz model, which was no longer monitored, as the signal was not being picked up by satellite. The Taranga Coast Guard spent more than two hours sweeping the harbour, the signal stopped, and it is presumed the beacon was disabled as garbage was being crushed at the time. French company to market new SDR transceiver. France is the latest nation to enter the ham radio marketplace. This with the announcement of the new Transfox software-definable radio transceiver designed and built in that nation. According to a press release from the manufacturer RFPARF Ham, the new radio is available in receiver-only or receiver-transmitter configuration. Its stock coverage is 1 MHz to 1100 MHz, but it can be extended beyond the existing frequency range upon request. 
because of this, the Transfox brings what RFPA calls unique software-definable radio to the VHF, UHF and SHF bands. Other features include software-definable radio demodulation and modulation over a 5100 or 200 kilohertz baseband, compatibility with existing Windows or Linux software in addition to specific Sigfox software, spectrum analysis and 1 hertz tuning resolution. First delivery of this new radio is slated for mid-July. More information on the Transfox transceiver, in the French language, is online at www.rfham.com. Ham Radio 2010 in Germany, June 25 to 27. With Dayton 2010 now history, the next truly big social event will be the 61st Lake Constance Convention and Ham Radio 2010 Gathering. Both of these events are organised by DARC, which is Germany's National Ham Radio Society, and will take place from June 25th to the 27th in the city of Friedrichshafen. They are the largest on the European continent. From the WIA News Hub in Melbourne and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. From the weird and wonderful file. Hello, I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, with two tales of bees and radio. In India, there's a belief that radiation from mobile phones is harming bees, while in the US... Scientists are actually attaching radio transmitters to the backs of bees to track them. Researchers at the Punjab University in Chandigarh did a controlled experiment using a real mobile phone in one hive, a placebo or fake phone in another, and no phone in a third hive. The results found that the hive with the real phone had a bee population decline, poor yield of honey, and the queen bee was far less productive. Meantime, from New York comes reports of Smithsonian Tropical Research Institute scientists attaching a 300 milligram radio transmitter to the backs of male orchid bees to track their movements. A photo of a hapless bee with a transmitter complete with horizontal whip antenna stuck on its back using a combination of eyelash adhesive and superglue is simply amazing. A fleet of 14 bees were tracked five giving good travel itineraries over the 10-day battery life of their transmitter, four were found dead, perhaps with exhaustion, and the others were lost, or dare we say, simply buzzed off. It's weird and it's wonderful. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column, Dateline 2010. June 12, WIA VK Trans-Tasman 160 metres phone. June 12 and 13, WIA worked all VK shires. June 19 and 20, WIA winter VHF UHF field day. July 3 and 4, NZART memorial contest. July 10, WIA Jack Files Contest. Still to be confirmed. August 14 and 15, WIA Remembrance Day Contest. Special event stations, Repeater, Beacon, DX and NetAdvice. BK3 SN advises that the annual trip to the Bogong High Plains is on again. This year the team will include a number of newly licensed amateurs. We will be skiing and camping across the snowy wilderness of the Victorian Alps from the 9th to the 13th of August. 
Operation will focus on HF-SSB and VHF repeaters using solar-powered QRP gear. Also PSK-31. Listen out each evening and make a contact with them as they operate from snow caves and igloos. The 70-centimetre repeater of the City of Brisbane Radio Society is off the air for some period due to maintenance. Bundaberg, a new repeater. PK4RBW is the third unit in the club's repeater backbone and it complements the units in Bundaberg and on Mount Gunanaman. Our Wyson group can now effectively cover the entire Bundaberg Regional Council area which has doubled in size following the local government amalgamation. So if you're a nearby neighbour or just passing through, switch over and try out the new VK4RBW on 439.775. This has been Bob VK4UD for the Bundaberg Amateur Radio Club. Finally from me this week, Media Watch. Discontinued HairMag free download. Launched in January 2009, HairMag was an electronic download that at first was free and then required a subscription. Uptakes for subscriptions were very poor and with no commercial sponsors on board, the organisers have decided to discontinue production. All issues are now available as free individual PDF downloads and are available from ham-mag.com Please adhere to best practice when downloading files from any source. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Sydney, it can be heard on VK2 RWI on 147MHz at 10am on Sundays. I'm John Mazels, VK2JPM. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ARDF. The St George Amateur Radio Society has in July a two-metre fox hunt and a family picnic. Mobile and pedestrian hidden transmitter hunts for beginners and experienced alike, check out their website, sgirs.org. And fox hunting equipment, SGIRS has a limited number of 2 metre direction finding antenna kits available and if you would like to purchase a kit or if you'd like assistance with being equipped for fox hunting, that is antennas, attenuators, receivers etc, then contact the club, sgirs.org. And if you're in the vicinity of the Townsville region on Saturday, June the 26th, and you want to get involved in a fox hunt, which includes a really neat prize for first place, then Tony, VK4TJS, he wants to hear from you. You have until the 22nd of June to get your attendance numbers in for the fox hunt, starting in the vicinity of the Lome Island boat ramp from 2pm, and finishing, well, wherever your fox hunting equipment leads you. And who do you have to call? Well, Tony, VK4TJS, of course. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV. Stuart, VK8NSB, has now got an SSTV repeater operational on 28700 with a 1750 Hz tone. Currently running 10 watts into a multiband vertical, the SSTV repeater is currently in test mode and transmits a picture every 30 minutes on the hour. Stuart reports that the power output will be increased in time and the system placed on its proper antenna, a 10 metre vertical at about 12 metres high as soon as the first stage of testing is complete. And Stuart is requesting reports. Worldwide Special Interest Group's CW, RSS Morsefeed Free Program. 
Bob Denny has developed a free open-source Windows application called RSS Morse that reads RSS news feeds and outputs Morse code on your computer speaker or on a physical telegraph sounder via a serial cable. For a peek at the help file for the program, take a look at the web link that can be found in the email and internet editions of this news broadcast. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital KF4ZW says that anyone can now listen to D-Star Ham Radio contacts without purchasing any equipment for that mode. This, as a D-Star audio feed is now available via the radioreference.com website. The audio usually originates from Reflector 1C, which is generally the busiest feed. A direct link is in this week's printed Newsline report. After you find the correct radio reference page, just scroll to the bottom, look for the D-Star link, and click on the speaker icon to start listening. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Military The Bletchley Park World War II Archive to go online. Millions of documents stored at the UK World War II co-breaking centre, Bletchley Park, are to be made available online. Electronics company Hewlett-Packard has donated a number of scanners to the centre at Milton Keynes so volunteers can begin the groundbreaking task which is expected to take over three years. Worldwide special interest groups Rescue Radio, Wyson Bringen Show Field Gear at the Summerland Radio Club on the 27th of June. Go and see the setups that you'd use to work the field or mobile. Set up in the grounds at the Summerland Radio Club club rooms and show what you can do. Now this day is for anyone, not only Wyson, and everyone is welcome. Learn from others, suggest your ideas to others, and demo your ideas. Well, demo some ideas for the squid pole perhaps. So come along to the Summerland Radio Club on the 27th of June. Well that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. And that's all I have for you this week as well. I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. Thanks for lending us your ears and the use of your transistor radios. Okay, we'll see you all again next week. As I said, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.